Totally so. fine. All right, so the, Ephesians 5.4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor mm-hmm. foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. That's Ephesians 5.4. And then okay, Proverbs. Which, which, is, which is about, you know, uh, being crass. That's what that's about. So then Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 says, Like a madman who throws f- uh, firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor by saying, I am only joking. <laughs> okay. Which, which refers to... I know, but that's what I'm saying. They're, yeah. they're like, see? Yeah. Don't yeah. be a jokester. Which, once again, it refers to the idea of how you handle yourself among people. That doesn't mean like, like just having fun. That means it, how you deal with deals and, right. and yeah. work with it people. Really, it, it talks, it talks about, about honesty yeah, there. It talks about not being foolish. It's different. It, it's yeah. also it's also speaking to like disingenuous exactly nature, yeah. which is not the same as just having being being a jolly yeah, guy. It, it is the same. It says don't deceive your brother. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's about honesty there. Okay, so um, we have all of the the stuff uh, 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 ready to go. So we get started. Sounds good. All right. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome to the Houseplants Podcast, where we have fun. Yeah, and the Bible doesn't support any of it. <laughs> if you've heard our B-roll, you know it's true. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, so um, we are really excited to finally just uh, shake off uh, some of the crazy stuff that's been going on. Take a break. Just relax. Um, we yeah, have, buddy. We, we have a, I, I, dare, I dare say this word on the podcast, we have a mantra, maybe. That's a bad word to say. Uh, there's probably a better word. The Bible probably says you can't say it. So there you go. But I would say I have a saying that is also sort of a way of life. And that is that sometimes when things are really bad, it's good to remember all the things you're happy about and joyful about and the things that God gave you. And, uh, you know, don't focus on the bad stuff. Uh, if you don't uh, know to step away from that kind of thing, it can lead to some pretty nasty depression. And uh, then you just want to eat a bunch of subway subs, uh, footlongs like me. I go to the uh, subway and I say, listen, it's a bad day. I want a footlong yeah. meatball and a footlong Philly steak and cheese. And they say, Ooh, that must be a real bad day. It's kind of like the end of the world in scripture. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're kind of looking at revelation, you're viewing like all the bad, yeah. bad, scary stuff that's happening. But if you think about it, you're a Christian. Um, Hey, I mean, like, if the world was ending right now, like, the three of us would just hang out, because... Who wouldn't want to see a monster with seven heads and nine eyes and a bunch of wings flapping in front of you saying... Yeah. A speech you can't hear, and I'd, I would be like, whoa, look at this guy <laughs> trying to be cool. charismatic. <laughs> yeah, we'd just be like... We'd be all, like, high-fiving each other, like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Dude, this rule... <laughs> <laughs> just like dancing like yeah <laughs> cerebim and cherubim all right so see as you can tell we're, we're getting serious now bob loved that charismatic joke okay so um so uh yeah uh without further ado before we even get into this we're gonna be doing a uh, we're gonna be fielding some questions uh from our viewers um we're gonna be talking a little bit about uh where the podcast is where it was maybe where it's going and it'll be a lot of fun. But before we do that, we're going to do some worship. Yeah. And so I am going to just explain this, assuming everybody <laughs> understands the the way this works. There's a music joke in this that I think you're the only one that gets. Oh God, so great. <laughs> the, I, I, I miss Aaron Campbell. We need to have him uh, call into the podcast sometime. But um, but uh, 
just like the look I can play seven eight joke and this will be just as fun. So I'm sure I'm not the first musician to do this, uh, but it's fun to do this. And that is I am going to do a tune musically that starts off in the key of D, then goes to the fifth and then the fifth of that 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 for 13 times until it originally gets back to D again. And I'm going to sing... Uh, the lyrics of our theme song flourish to this arrangement and it's going to be goofy, but also really beautiful. And so it is our, I think fourth or fifth edition of the song flourish, but because it is our relaxed questions crossfire, I believe that you guys will uh, probably enjoy it. Um, So without further ado, just relax and also worship with us. Here we go. It is good to praise the Lord And sing music to your name Your love and faithfulness In this song we will proclaim I'm glad at what your hands have deeds, they bring me joy. Evil doers and wicked ones will forever be destroyed. Oh, most high, I'm planted in your house. I'll flourish in the courts of the sprout like weeds I will flourish in the courts of the Lord I have heard and I have seen the defeat of all my foes and when the evil wilt away the right will grow It is good to praise you God It is you that we adore Always green what fruit will bear When we're planted in the house of the Lord Almost high I'm in your house I will flourish in the courts of the Lord though the wicked sprout like weeds I will flourish in the courts of the Lord Thank you so much for um, giving us a chance to fellowship, um, to um, just worship, but also to uh, have joy in a time of hardship. Um, we want to pray that um, you would be a part of all we're doing. Uh, I pray that we could maybe put a smile on your face. Um, so um, we just pray that you would be with us and uh, we pray these things in uh, Jesus holy and precious name 
Amen. Amen. You're right, Colin. That Amen. was fun. That was beautiful. And so um, I didn't do it, but my wife asked me if I could do kind of like a Coldplay thing. Chris I, Martin. I didn't really do it, but maybe at some point mm-hmm. um, we will. Um, maybe my plan is to add other lyrics besides the flourish lyrics to mm-hmm. this and actually make it like a song. I think we should. And then yeah. uh, once it's there, maybe I'll try the uh, Coldplay style. Maybe we could. Yeah. That'd be Though awesome. the wicked spread like weed. You want to know something funny about Chris Martin and Coldplay? Um, saw in an interview once he talked about his like inspiration for like his sound and like uh, how they put melodies together. Yeah, and a lot of it comes from growing up in the church, which for him would be the Church of England uh-huh. over across the pond, and um, just singing like classic hymns and like everybody in the congregation just like singing together, and that's kind of the sound he's like trying to go for there's a song that jessica mm. really loves she introduced me to it that coldplay does not that we're we're gonna just like talk about coldplay the whole time but it's a song where they use where he uses a real uh catholic uh choir i believe and, it, yeah. and the lyrics are like when i need a friend and it's like very nice those resolving like yeah. kind of passing tones that uh four voices uh choirs can do and it's very beautiful so yeah i i i probably could have assumed that he had some kind of uh, influence in the church. A lot of, um, I mean, you know, we could, we could poop on them, but a lot of <laughs> pop singers did probably start out in the church, whether oh, or not yeah. they ended up there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of that, the, that have attributed to their, their uh, start to in the church. Yeah. I kind of have a theory about, about that, which I'll kind of go into more some other time, but I feel like, just like being around church if when you're younger gives you a, like a higher chance of having some kind of musical ability whether you oh yes yeah whether you use it or not like i feel like oh, yeah. you soak that in if you're really young and you're around like even if it's just praise bands but especially like people who are around like hymn singing and stuff a lot right. when they're oh, younger yeah. It would, yeah. yeah musically they're very complex or, or oftentimes they're mm-hmm. at least somewhat complex moderately complex and on top of that, but you are highly encouraged to partake in it and not just listen to it on the radio. So, 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 as which is where uh, where the, those not in the church are going to get most of the musical influences, just listening as opposed to actually yeah. being part of. The also, system. if you grew up in like a more charismatic church versus like a classic like Southern Baptist church, mm-hmm. if you're more charismatic, you're less likely to read sheet music. I think. Oh, really? You're more likely to just play without chords and like not need. Oh, you <laughs> mean no, no, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. That yeah. makes perfect sense like because, because your, your influence, your influence uh-huh. is going yep. to be. It's more, more free form. Yeah, much yeah. more free form as opposed to uh, uh, using a hymnal. If you're used to like the choir and stuff, you're probably got a high likelihood of like having learned music at some point. So yeah, interesting stuff. Okay, so we have a bunch of questions that a we're gonna. A bunch. <laughs> and by a bunch, we mean like eight. But it's fine, though. Yep. Um, so here's the thing. We asked a lot of our people. We tried to share a post. Um, we we probably could have done a little bit better if we had shared it uh, earlier. But um, we are kind of getting closer and closer to crunch time with Christmas and this live stream for our 100th episode. Oh, a live stream, you say? Oh, my goodness. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> We've been chirping about it. Speaking of tweaking. <laughs> So, um, uh, so yes, that is in the works. So in the meantime, we're going to be doing some filling of some questions. So we sent, uh, out things to the interwebs and to our moms <laughs> and to our wives. And we came back with a bunch of questions. So, uh, I guess we should start with number one. 
which is probably the most important one. Definitely. Is it? Who's the hottest? Can we all say unanimously? One, one, two, two three, Bob. Bob. Yeah. yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is that hilarious. is that the judges on um, the judges on uh, America's Got Talent started doing that. I think it was after Simon Cowell left, but while Randy was still there. Oh yeah. They kind of like gave up on all of the like um, the theater of like being the judges for like the preliminary. Like they come into the room. And it's like yeah. what are you gonna sing for us? So they would just go. Okay, what are we doing? One, two, three. No, or one, two, three. Yes, like that. So we just did that now. We're, <laughs> good. We we cut through all of one, the, two, uh, three. Bob. <laughs> we cut through all of the malarkey, as a certain person would say. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I'll just say this: uh, the first time I ever saw Bob at, uh, I'm not going to be too inappropriate, but the first time I ever realized that Bob was a good-looking guy, he was like, "Yeah, I'm house sitting for uh, the lows. You guys should come over and like hang out and go in the pool." And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then I got there, and then Bob was like, uh, took off his five times too big shirt, and he had <laughs> six pack abs. Yep. And I, I said, huh. I don't, I don't, I'm not so sure about that. I, I, I furrowed my brow and I said, <laughs> hmm, Bob with abs. That's an interesting concept. Bob is, Bob is naturally hot, and uh, he's yep. also flirty. Oh, yep. I don't know. He's got Bethany now, yeah. so he doesn't. He's really... got Bethany, but he that does not prevent him from being flirty with the two of us. That's true. And other dudes. <laughs> I, it just, it he just, loves, it just he loves his closeness. He loves his, no. loves his. No, listeners. It's this. very important. Hear this. <laughs> the, we're going to hang on this particular subject all night. Forget the rest of the questions. Jeez, okay. Guys. Yeah, moving on. So right. um, I got a question from, uh, I have a, a, a mobile game on my phone called Clash of Clans. Another shout out to, you know, Supercell endorsement. We've done Coldplay. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Raid Super Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Raid, I think it's called Raid Shadow Legends. Is actually a game. Uh, Raid League of Super Legends and League of Legends. Uh, let me just invent some uh, armor. Core of tanks core of online. Tanks. <laughs> World of school buses. <laughs> yeah. I love those ads on Facebook where it's just like a guy in like a basement, and then there's gold on the surface, and you have to draw with your finger to get the gold to him. But there's lava pockets in between. Oh, yeah, you gotta like pull a pin. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, it's like there's a goblin on one side and a guy with a sword on the other side. Make sure you pull the pins right. Shink. And the and the person giving the example is like the hand comes up and it's like, what do I do? Pulls the first pin. Lava goes right over top of the hero. Hmm, what should I do next? Pull the second pin. Lava kills the hero. Jeez, I'm. I'm so dumb. Can you do better? It's like, I know I can do better. Just give me the app. All right, that's it. I'm downloading this just to prove them wrong. I, I can do it. Let me show the hand on the thing. Okay. Mm. So and, 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 and your listeners, so this this is why we use a script. That's right. No, we're going off. So um, no script today. So the so the clan that I am in uh, uh, on Clash of Clans. I told them about the podcast. I do consider it to be a ministry opportunity. There's a lot of young guys on there, and I try and be a good representative of the Christian community on there. I'm the clerk. I am the I'm the leader of this uh, thing, so I uh, can uh, be sort of a uh, I don't know an impression on the younger guys. So one of them asked me, "Why don't you do hot takes?" Because mm-hmm. I said I don't do hot takes on my podcast, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Why don't you do hot takes?" <laughs> Everybody else does them on YouTube. They asked me first, they were like, do you have like YouTubes where you do like hot takes and everything? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> so, Bob, why do, you, why do you not like to do hot takes? 
Well, first of all, um, I like to think that we can take this podcast and come back to the episodes at a later point in time, let's say three, four years from now, and it still be relevant. That is a point I didn't even consider. Is but that it's a part really of a hot point. take? Is that it's well, pertinent it, to like yeah, yeah, something? Top, it's topical. Topical. For yeah, it has now. to be pretty recent and topical. Yes, right. yes. I yeah, didn't really a, know that, but I guess you're right. No, it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, you good, can you can hot take yeah. about something from like I could go on a rant about a Charlton Heston movie, but that hot take is more of like a review. Whereas yeah, a hot take sure. is like, this thing just happened today. Oh, yes. here's me making a video. It's about more it. relevant if it's like yes. about Keemstar. And so, and, and, <laughs> yeah. yes, right. and, so, and so we would attract viewers because they want to hear what we have to say about it because they care about it right now because it's topical in the media yeah. right now. Okay. And so whereas most of what, with, with very rare exceptions, there's only been like one or two times where we've done anything that's very topical at that very moment and thus kind of yeah. dating our podcast potentially interesting i like that point zach what do you think well i think that uh colin sometimes gets a little bit into hot take <laughs> i do i have my opinions that's true but even those i feel like are ones where we've like discussed an issue and we felt like we landed in maybe the minority opinion my, on something my we've hottest, done that before my hottest of taking comes yeah. with like modern christian music yeah. i would guess mine usually have to do with like how we do worship in the church so yeah. they'll be like Hot take: You should do communion every week, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But but even then, that's not really topical as much. I mean, I guess it's, not. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not really current events. So news focus. So a hot take can be just like your opinion, your hot opinion, right? So I mean, yeah. technically, you're right. But what I but what I think when I consider it, what I'm thinking of is like, oh, this pastor just stepped down, or if we did like, let's say that, not that we should, but let's just say for the purpose of argument that we watched that video with Kenneth Copeland about the COVID-19 thing. And we decided to do a hot take on Kenneth mm -hmm. Copeland. Like that would be like a weird. We would thing. just, we just tell our listeners to watch American gospel. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you can decide what you think on your own. Um, I guess that's kind of my point is I feel like we are not here to look smart or like we have the expert opinion on anything other than, like relating to God and studying the Bible. Yeah. You know, and so those, and even then we're not experts, we, but, but yeah. we, have, we are uh, learned. We have, yeah. we have uh, experience in those areas. Mm -hmm. I, I will say we, it's been a while since we stated the fact that, yeah, that we are not that, that, and we, we stated from the very beginning, but haven't really talked, said it much recently that I we think they understand that, that, that point, we don't want to be, we're not experts. We're conversation starters. We're kind of the start of the, of the, of the hot take and you can kind of make your own hot take as we go. <laughs> right. But so like my whole thing, when I first brought up that I don't want to do hot takes when we first got the podcast going, I had a conversation with Zach about this before even Bob was involved or anything. And mm -hmm. I said, a lot of YouTube channels, they want to uh, feed off of like a lot of negativity or they want to, um, they want to uh, uh, bank on or make money or success on, something current that is of a controversy. Yeah. And I remember when I, we first were talking about stuff, I asked a question on Facebook, which got like, like 3000 comments. And I thought like, Oh wow, this is good. And then I realized after reading them that they were just like controversial people being angry about baptism or about mm -hmm. politics. And I said, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's not what the podcast is about. It's more of a ministry. Like our goal is yeah. hopefully to, kind of call people to a deeper worship and call people into a relationship with Jesus yep. and deeper kind of understanding the get Bible them to understand. Yeah. That's uh, really more what it's all about. And I think at least I hope you guys kind of get this, but mm -hmm. I think 
we want people to do their own homework and look into the things we're saying too. You know, we're just the start of it. So, so um, final thing I'll say is that if you guys are watching what's currently going on, I have an opinion about that. Take a break and listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. my hot take. All right, this is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Clash of Clans from Supercell. Rage so look at the Legends. link in the description. Mm-hmm. All right. So that it's interesting that we kind of we uh, breached that subject because the next question kind of falls in line with what we were talking about. Um, my stepdad, Pete, um, ha- had a question, and it is, has being a podcaster brought you fame and fortune? And I think he asked <laughs> I <love> that. that. <laughs> I think it was a leading question because I think he knows, like, what our, our sp- response might be because I've talked to him about this, but... Um, I like that it's a softball question because we can talk about the subject, mm-hmm. so it's no big deal. Um, I would, I'll start this time, I guess, uh, and I'll just say we find that we have been successful, but mm-hmm. success looks different to the world than it does for God. I would say that we've had success just the three of us personally with our relationship with each other and with God. Mm-hmm. We have had mm-hmm. success with our relationship with our now extended community of people who are involved in the podcast. Mm -hmm. I believe that we have had success in our journey as seeking and learning Christians. Absolutely. And uh, I believe that we have success in that we can step away from this podcast at any time and look back and say, we have done some pretty good work. I feel very proud of what we've done. So So, um, to me, that is not fame or fortune, but we have been very fortunate and uh, <laughs> it ain't me. It ain't me. Now, 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 to, to, to be fair, our numbers, you, you kind of, when you're in this type of industry, you can't help but to occasionally look at numbers and watch and kind of gauge how things are moving. That, and, that being said, right. So, so with that being said, we have actually been moving in a positive direction. Uh, we gain. Um, so I would the, say if we were going to do like some kind of variable plot or graph, I would say that we are. Gaining about thirty percent mm-hmm. more downloads every two months. Yeah, which is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. So we we go like if if let's say last month we had two hundred downloads. Yeah. Uh, two months from now we might have like two hundred and forty or two hundred and something. Not growing by leaps and bounds, maybe growing by hops and shimmies. I don't know. Yeah, but growing nonetheless, and that's all that really matters in in, in, in many regards. True. So, so there so, are there are there is something to be said about because um, you know there is a lot of controversy surrounding evangel evangelical like TV programs mm-hmm. from like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Whenever there was that whole like, oh, they're just trying to get your money and that kind of right. thing. But yeah. the a- adverse of that uh, is like, look how many people are proclaiming that they are Christian. Look, there's like. Like yeah. twenty thousand people yes. there. Look, look, look how many lives have been affected by by the ministry that and these we guys do, are doing. And we do, we yeah. do want our listeners to send us seed money. You know, oh so they have a blessing kit. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to the Lord last night, and He said, "Give me eighteen million dollars by the weekend." Um, so, so uh, I, what I will say is that Bob, you're right. We do have listeners. I think. In yeah. the way that that is positive is yeah. that if the word of the Lord has reached someone who per, previously did not uh, know of the Lord, or if the word of the Lord has reached someone who already knew the Lord but knows him deeper now. Yes, push them to, to go deeper. Then we have absolutely gained success. And as far as fortune goes, uh, I, we yeah. keep I keep stumbling on the scripture, but there is the manna in heaven, the... 
is. Where, yeah. where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There you go. That's it. Matthew, oh, thank you, Bob, for remembering Matthew that. Matthew 6, 21. I was about to do the crown thing again. I was going to be like, you know, isn't it jewels in the crown? No, but let's uh, <laughs> do yeah. But yeah. So, uh, bring no, I, forth a royal diadem and crown him, Lord. I want to be really... F- <laughs> no, no, so I, I guess you say our, our biggest... Um, fortune in a lot of ways is, is getting a chance to encourage people to dig mm-hmm. a little deeper dig a little oh, deeper oh yes dig great. a little deeper great song i, yeah. I want I, <laughs> I i want us to be famous to god with a background yeah i want god to be like a, a, a tuning in fan that like drops in <laughs> so it sounds like success and fame and fortune are all how you define them and we're defining them kind of more on a kingdom scale than the world so i mean I think I think I would I would yeah because you can't with that, that <laughs> oh, drip. oh oh somebody uh, not getting a patrons the Patreon <laughs> it's fine we don't need him we got God no uh, so <laughs> all right Zach what's this uh, next one next question um, this one's from our friend Billy friend of the podcast and shout out to him because he listens to all our episodes I think he has been he usually uh, comments he has yeah. been live streaming himself reading scripture too I, I saw recently. oh yeah, I've not has. seen that that's cool yeah yeah he does that quite a bit mm-hmm. awesome well Billy says what is a proverb and how do you use them interesting very interesting I want to know what you guys think about that so that's abstract because the a proverb, not if we got the Bible out uh-huh. of the way, a proverb is different than a biblical That's true. proverb. There are things outside the Bible that people call proverbs. Like right? a, a proverb from Confucius or other religious yes, people. Yeah, they oh, call those proverbs. You, you can lead a horse to, uh, to water, but you can't make a drink. That is a that is a proverb meant to teach you something using a, I guess, a an analogy yeah, that you like a, think. It's kind of like a truth nugget. Yeah, yeah, um, truth yeah. nugget. I'm trying to remember if this is the far side gallery, if it's a different <laughs> comic, but I remember the the funny joke one, Christian one of that is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it walk. And it's like <laughs> Jesus walking on water and the horse is like head. It's like out of the water. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, so the far side comics in a way are kind of like Proverbs. weird takes on Proverbs. <laughs> they do have a lot of religious implication, but I think it's also... Or just little nuggets of wisdom, right? Wisdom I, think it's, nuggets. I think it's also just in good fun, mm. but I think a... a uh, in its most basic term, a proverb is a sh- a condensed, short, and a lot of times poetic mm-hmm. lesson. And I love like reading through the book of Proverbs too, because you can read a little of it or a lot and still yeah. get something out of it because mm-hmm. it really is just a bunch of them. I mean, there are structures if you really get down and analyze it, mm-hmm. it does In go some somewhere. Ways, it's yeah. not completely random. Right. But if you're just kind of reading it, it kind of seems like, Oh, there's a good point. Oh, there's another good point. Can I just, yeah. point. can yeah. I do, um, can I, I can't remember when I did this last, but I, I just like invented a few, <laughs> like a few podcast <laughs> episodes ago. It'd always be something like, um, the bird in the tree gathers the sticks, but the foolish bird flips over on the ground and flips and leaves. And I'm like, yeah, um, okay. I don't really get that one. And the next one's like, look, a dog that returns to his vomit. So does a fool <laughs> repeat his folly. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I understand that one. And then it'll go to the next one to be like a lion's roar creates dissonance, but a cat's meow creates love and harmony. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Haven't come across that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the- no, a, a lot of them, they can be difficult to understand from our perspective. We're, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're 2000 and then, well, I guess when you're talking about, uh, Solomon who wrote those, so we're about three or 4,000 years out from when they were written 
on top of that, you know, our cultures are quite different um, in, in a lot of ways. So, I mean, so it's, 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 it can be difficult, especially the more agrarian yeah. ones. Um, if you're not used to the agricultural world, like on a yeah. very personal and deep level, some of that stuff can be difficult to understand. Well, there's um, you saying like agriculture stuff. That also kind of makes me think of um, of parables. Uh-huh. Par- well, yeah. Parables are kind of similar to Proverbs in a way because they're kind of a short illustration or metaphor mm-hmm. that has like a little nugget of wisdom that you can pick up that teaches you something about God and, mm-hmm. and the kingdom. And that, I guess maybe that's the difference between a biblical proverb and other proverbs. But I think that other proverbs can be valid too, right? Like oh, sure, sure, they're absolutely. like lots of just little like down homey, like wisdom from like folk literature and stuff. That's that can be good as well. It's really just kind of like reasonable stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read, uh, real proverbs and I'm going to say fake ones. You guys tell me which one's fake. What's one's real? Ready? Okay. Okay. Let's see what we got here. All right. A gift is a golden crown that never wilts, but a fool returns his folly or he who answers before listening is his folly and his shame. Which one's fake? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just took words and put them together of the first one. The first one's the fake one. I don't want us to be blaspheming like, of course, the second one's the real one. Um, but I will just say this. There's a lot of things from the Bible, too, that like like people will say, God will never give you more than you can handle. And that's sure. not biblical. No, no. no. Yeah. A lot of people have proverbs that are like, God never said it would be easy. He just said it would be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. Right. Did did he see either one of those things? Um, I mean, sort of. Um, But no, um, so Proverbs, I think, I have not discerned its, like, reasoning once you get past, like, certain chapters, once you get into, like, Mm -hmm. I want to say once Solomon starts just, like, going on his, like, long rant thing. He's flowing. (laughs) Imagine this is just one really long, like, freestyle rant. This guy spitting. (laughs) (laughs) But um, to answer Billy's question, because I want to actually answer the question. Yeah. I want to say that in every one of the Proverbs I'm reading in the scripture here, all of them have a nugget of truth and uh, truth and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And their, their goal is to teach you something, right? I yeah. mean, it's to uh, it, even as condensed as a man is praised according to his wisdom, but men with rapt minds are despised, right? Do we really know what it means? Maybe we need to sit and think about it for a minute. Uh, or he who works his land will have abundant food, but he who chases fantasies lacks judgment. Nice. So mm-hmm. all of these are telling you a truth that maybe you need to sit and learn about. Um, so I would say a proverb. What is a proverb? And how, how do you, do use, you use them? I would say that you use them for the learning and uh-huh. strengthening of your Wisdom. mind and your yeah. spirit. Yeah. And you also use them in teaching someone else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Take them in, meditate on them, think about what is actually trying to trying to teach you, and then make those life adjustments as as you need to. Nice. And what is the beginning of wisdom according to scripture? Anybody know? What is the beginning of wisdom? Oh, I should know this. I don't know. Fear of the Lord. Oh, okay. fear of the yeah. Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs yeah, nine ten. <laughs> right, you got to start. Yeah, start with your healthy respect of the Lord. Um, I also want to make another point about the Proverbs. I think is really really cool. 
I'll give you kind of my Trinitarian theory here. Okay. Um, Jesus, it says in first John is the word, the logos last time, or maybe two episodes ago, we talked about this idea of logos where Jesus Mm -hmm. is, um, kind of like the underlying logic or reason of the universe. So like Mm -hmm. reason and wisdom and, um, the design like behind the universe that comes from Christ. The son of God is the word. The son of God is reason. Mm. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with, was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Well, there are places in Proverbs where wisdom is sort of kind of personified a bit. Like Mm -hmm. it says like wisdom does this or wisdom says this. Um, A lot of people Mm. would argue that that might be kind of a pre maybe a preview of Christ, maybe a little bit of Jesus kind of personified in the Bible because it's wisdom. So wisdom is Jesus. And so when we see wisdom in the Bible, we're seeing Jesus. And so the last thing I'm going to read from scripture is basically sums up and answers this question. Proverbs one, verse one, Mm -hmm. the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, King of Israel, verse two, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight. Yep. Verse three, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing mm-hmm. what is right and just and fair. Verse four, for giving prudence to the simple knowledge and de- oh, discretion to the young. Verse five, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Verse six, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Mm -hmm. but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Yep. So So there you go. There you go. It's your book of wisdom. Use it as such. (laughs) Uh, um, And last thing I will say, it's not a proverb, but it fits in what we're talking about. (laughs) One time a person said, uh, God, God, uh, uh, isn't involved in fortune cookies in any way. And I said, you don't think God can speak through a fortune cookie? And this person said, no. And then I opened my fortune cookie. I am not kidding. My fortune cookie. And it said, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> There's a proverb for you. Okay. So what's next? Bob, what's our next question there, bud? Next one's kind of a big one. From Ken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, from our... Uh, uh, he, he gets, he, our he, esteemed colleague. Yeah, he's been on here multiple times. <laughs> the our, Reverend, our Pastor Daddy, Mr. <laughs> Pastor Dad Ken. Yes, this was so good. Ken, the Evangelizer, Iser, 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 Iser. He asks, "Where do you see Jesus in the Old Testament?" Um, I doubt that we are going to fully cover this one. And um, and you kind of actually kind of uh, um, everywhere start, moving start, on. started on that a little bit with Proverbs there, Zach. Yeah. That's why I put this question. I went through and reordered them. Yeah. <laughs> he reorganized it. Thank you, Zach, for doing yes. that. Yeah. I just threw them in. <laughs> I was like, Jessica asked this one. Oh, and my Clash of Clans going to ask that one. Oh, but Jessica also asked that one. <laughs> no order whatsoever. That's good. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys want to look up some of these scriptures, but um, I think that Jesus is talked about a lot in the Old Testament. And the New Testament mm-hmm. gives a lot of clues. Um like, for instance, we could be talking about Jesus when we're talking about the I am who Abraham rejoiced in. It says Abraham rejoiced in in I am. Mm. If you read John eight 
56 and 58. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old. The Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Yeah, which is one of the things that got him in trouble because to make that statement is to make the proclamation that uh-huh. I am God in the flesh. Yep. Now, as followers of Jesus, we fully believe that and recognize yeah. that. But as from a Jewish perspective, that was... That was what, a trigger the, the, warning. The, the, that, that was blasphemy. Yeah. Let me just tell you this, yeah. Bob. Okay, all those Pharisees and Sadducees felt terrible in the book of Acts afterwards. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Peter and John were like, uh, yeah, you want to uh, you know, think about what you did? Han, we're going to say the word Jesus. They're like, no, don't say it, please. It hurts our <laughs> hearts to hear it. And by the way, some of these uh, scriptures that we have listed, they're from an article that's from the uh, Desiring God website. All right. Um, one that Ken shared with us. So maybe we'll link to that article in the description. Um, Hebrews eleven twenty six. it says, uh, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Um, so it's talking about Moses and how um, by faith he was raised um, as a son of the Pharaoh, um, but he chose to be treated like a slave. And um, basically Hebrews is saying that he regarded this for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt instead of like you know, uh, instead of for the sake of like Yahweh, it says Christ hmm. there, which is really, really interesting. And so it's kind of like Moses, even though like he probably didn't know exactly that there was going to be a man named Jesus that walked around. He somehow knew that it was like Christ who he was serving. Like he was, uh, yeah. Interesting. The Lord, in other words. Yep. And another example is where the, the parallel is sometimes made between uh, Jesus and Moses, um, yeah. it, where Moses led them out of Egypt, and some would even say that it was Christ that led them out in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Jude, uh, in verse 5, mentions, um, it's like, now, I desire to remind you, uh, though you are fully informed that the Lord, that is Christ, who wants... Uh, who once for all saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Yeah, so it's interesting how a lot of these New Testament passages relate Jesus to things in the Bible. Another one that wasn't on the list, um, there's this one part of Genesis where um, Abraham comes across a priest named Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. You guys ever heard that name before? Oh, yeah. Melchiz- Melchizedek. I, I, I thought it was Melchizedek. Or Melchizedek yeah. or whatever. Um, there are people who say like, oh, maybe that's like a Jesus that's like walking around, um, hmm. because like kind of nobody knows where he came from or like who his people were. He's just a random priest that comes out of nowhere. He's not related mm-hmm. to, like they say, the priests have to be from the line of of Aaron, right? The yes. Levites or yep. something like that, and you got to trace that line. But this guy wasn't related to the Israelites at all, and he was before all of that. So you know, how is he a priest then? And yet he's a priest that's a valid priest mm-hmm. under the Lord. You know, this is interesting. How did, where did he get his like priestliness from? So, um, I, I'm, I can read the next one, which I really, really like. Yeah. But before I do, I wanted to say, if you ever do a study in your 
Bible study or in your church on the minor prophets, at least once in every single book of the minor prophets, there will be a reference to Jesus. Every single one. My one of my favorites. Yeah, prophecies. Well, well, mm. not not only talking about just not only talking about the end times, this like the revelation time, yeah. but also the time when Jesus would come. Like right. they already knew what was what was in store. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. absolutely. Is he physically there? I mean, you know, that's but he the question was asked, where do you see Jesus in the Old Testament? Yeah. And so the one that you listed here that I really like, it would would say you see him in the, you know, in the story of Moses, uh, starting uh, Corinthians 10, starting in like, I'm going to start at verse two. Yeah. They were all baptized through the sea. They mm-hmm. were, uh, they were all uh, baptized into, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I read that wrong. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Mm-hmm. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Yeah. So it's talking about mm-hmm. getting water from the rock as they were coming out of Egypt and talks about like being under the cloud of glory. So it's like maybe all those things where it was like God kind of working in the physical world, maybe all those things were, were the sun. Mm-hmm. Again, it kind of goes back to this like Trinitarian thing where like different persons, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, they kind of do different roles throughout scripture. And in the old Testament, they didn't really have a full concept of the son of God yet. Sure. But sure. they kind of had, had been revealed to them. They definitely, full. I feel had hints of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- one of the examples that, that, that has often been mentioned in the church is with the story of Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. And when they are yes. burned uh, in, in the furnace, the vegetables, <laughs> they didn't bow down. Is to there the, a vegetables? Yeah, that? they um uh Nebuchadnezzar tried to get them to bow down to a giant chocolate bunny. The bunny. The yes. bunny. The bunny. <laughs> oh, I love the bunny. Yes, uh, anyway, so <laughs> Andy's a pickle. So yes, uh so so when 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 uh when they didn't bow down before the idol, um they were cast into the furnace and um and in Daniel chapter 3 it mentions that uh that after that had occurred they took a look and he says, look, I see four men there mm-hmm. now. And so some, m- many, many people for uh, for years, uh, I would say centuries, have attributed that fourth person to be Christ. Oh, yeah. Protecting that's them. a really good one. There's that Hillsong United song that's there is another in the fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. <That's> good. <laughs> so I have one that I always liked and me and Jessica kind of discovered it and I didn't know it existed but I really like mm-hmm. it. And it's from Nahum. Um, and uh, let me try and find it here. Um, I'm not actually doing like the whole, Hey, I know exactly where it is, but there is a part in Nahum. Okay. Here's, here's the, I will read starting in uh, chapter one, starting in verse 14 and I'll read down. Okay. The Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. You will have no descendants to bear your name. I will destroy the carved images and cast idols. There are in the temple of your gods. I will prepare your grave for you are vile. Okay. And in verse 15, so he just laid down the, like the brutal news, but then he says in verse uh, 15 in chapter one, look there on the mountains, the feet of one Mm. who brings good news, who proclaims peace, celebrate your festivals, O Judah, and fulfill your vows. So clearly, mm-hmm. 
the one whose feet are on the mountain bringing the good news is Jesus. Yeah. I think that's also kind of like a cross reference to Isaiah as well. If I'm not mistaken, Hmm. it says like beautiful are the feet of the one who brings good news. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of a messianic prophecy as well. Well, also he's standing on the mountain, you know, you know, we have all of those. There he is. He's right there. Yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. That was one that I, 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 me and Jessica went through uh, the minor prophets and then our church ended up going through the minor prophets. So I got to read through that twice. And I was, and when me and Jessica found that, I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) I haven't read Nahum in a long time. This is a, this is a direct reference to Jesus. Interesting. And then Jesus does, I uh, believe, his first like casting out of demons and healings and stuff in Nineveh? Capernaum. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Capernaum means city of Nahum. Ooh. Yeah, right? Yeah, good connection. <laughs> okay. Good connection. All right. Um, cool. So, yeah, we can move on from that. But, yeah, we should we should have Ken on and we should like discuss that whole topic because it's pretty uh, big. The, the like, we were where talking, Jesus yeah, is before. Remember, we were talking with him about. Uh, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's in Genesis three, eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that that was an incarnation of Jesus, but I think that the case could be made that it might, have it might've been. been, I don't yeah. know. They didn't know either. Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, if yeah. Okay. So but we can move on. So uh, another question from my wife, Jessica, what is your favorite book of the Bible and why Bob? Uh, well, for me, it's going to be first Corinthians. That's, oh. a, that's an easy one for me recently. Why? Why? Um, because First Corinthians um, is deals with a lot of things that I uh, have uh, been holding close to my own heart, and that is uh, correcting the church and trying to get her hmm. back on track in a lot of ways. Awesome. Um, and so, and um, my wife says I like it because it is the judger's book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that be judges? Uh, no, no. Judges <laughs> is about the people, whereas whereas First Corinthians is more about the instructions on it's judging true. one it's another. Um, and so, more it's a playbook kind of. Yeah, and yeah. so, in, like uh, I believe it's in First Corinthians five. One, the passage actually says, "What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Shouldn't we be judging those inside the church? Let God judge those outside the church. For as it is written, expel the wicked from among you." Yeah, um, a very harsh and brutal statement from Paul talking about basically the church needs to clean house and stop worrying about what's going on outside it, but instead clean up your own act and get rid of those that are, that, that are wicked and are not benefiting your community who those, those who are not going to be changing their ways. And that is a harsh and brutal statement for most people in the church to hear today. Christy Duncan would say, uh, shoot the wolves, shoot them, shoot some wolves. Yeah, and so yeah, it's, it's, it's so so it's you it, don't care. It, it's it can be brutal, and so how do you yeah. handle that properly in the in, in the church? Right. How, how do you do that without ostracizing half your community in the process? It's a tough one. Yeah, and so but dealing with those questions are important ones nonetheless. If we yeah. ignore it, then we're not following the Bible. Right. Cool. So but mine, that, that, that's mine. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, mine would probably be John. Um, I just feel like not first is, John. I like I do love first John. So I like all of the uh, all of the John literature, which includes John first, second, third John and Revelation. Those are some of my favorites. But I think John, if I had to pick just one, um, it's got like a lot of really good quotes. And it's I feel like it's kind of like the wisdom that we were talking about, like from Proverbs Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's all that wisdom kind of like put into Jesus and then Jesus shows it to everybody. And he like proves who he is through a bunch of miracles and he um, guides and directs everybody he comes in contact with. And it has like 
all the deleted scenes from the other gospels. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite passages is in there uh, where it's John 15, where it talks about um, God being the vine. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches mm-hmm. um, connected to him. Mm-hmm. And that's where like our growth, that's where grace comes from. And then all the about end, it. And yeah. at the end, he also says, and love each other. <laughs> so just tags that in the very end of uh first John. Uh, yeah. F- uh, was it 15? Yeah. And here's another reason why John is the best book in the Bible. At the very end, it Ooh. says, it says, and Jesus did a bunch of other things um, for which could not be written down. And so therefore John contains everything else that Jesus ever did. And it's the most complete gospel. So there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just, just kidding. <laughs> I can't top that. But uh, I think every, all the viewers know if they've listened to this podcast that I'm a big fan of James. Mm. Oh yes. Uh, so oh, yes. Th- that'll continue to be my favorite. Um, I even wrote a song about the first uh, 18 verses of James, which is great. Um, I also think that if you just read James from cover to cover, it just imparts so much about the um, I would call it the empowerment of like doubtless faith um, and how that is like super important to Christianity. Um, for me, it's, it's about reaffirming what you believe about the Lord and strengthening mm-hmm. your belief. Uh, and a lot of times when things are really tough, I can read James and then I feel like, good about things yeah. again. Uh, and I know that's, uh, I know that it does um, say consider it pure joy. It does. When I, you face trials. And I know that Christianity isn't mm-hmm. supposed to be about like feel good gospel, but it's funny because a lot of, I feel good reading it, but a lot of people would not feel good reading it. <laughs> and joy is different than feel good too. I mean, joy is real and lasting. Um, so this also, I mean, there's a lot of famous scripture in here uh, there's mm-hmm. also the, you know, uh, faith without works is dead. Yes. Which is oh, yes. a huge reference. Um, there are two kinds of wisdom, uh, submitting yourself to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, God opposes the, here's a proverb in James. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There are kind of proverbs in James in a way. It's very like, um, that makes sense. Cause it was very much written for like a Jewish audience at the time. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's interesting oh, yeah. cause in this Bible that you have. And of course in my quest NIV Bible, it kind of parses that out because it says Mm -hmm. in verse six, but uh, uh, in verse six of chapter four, it says, but he gives us more grace. Yeah. That, that is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so um, it basically is going through and kind of knocking out all of the doubt, all of the like things holding you back from being like a faithful servant of the Lord but also like reassuring you that that faith that you have for the Lord is like rewarded by God and also like a pleasurable thing for God to see in you. So to me, it brings me joy to some people. It might feel like condemnation, Mm -hmm. but that is kind of where I think Christians should be whenever things are rough is being reminded that God's on their side, but they need to take the steps as well to like sure up their (laughs) faith. Yeah. Anyway, so James is great, and it's only four. You know the best thing about James for anybody who hasn't read James, it's only four chapters. It's, it's two, literally two pages. Two pages in most Bibles, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Unless you have like an extreme study Bible where it takes yeah. like each sentence. There's also a really good um, study on the Book of James that we're doing in a small group right now, um, and it's by Francis Chan. 
Oh, and he kind of okay. does. He kind of does. You remember like the Rob Bell thing where like he would do videos where he was just like videos. randomly. He kind of does that. And it's like all shot around San Francisco. So he'll be okay. like either on a trolley car or he'll be like on the Golden Gate Bridge and he'll just be like talking about James. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Recommend. So, so there you go. There's your answer. Yep. Okay. Um, oh. This one's even more crazy. If you could be any person slash which could you most relate to a person in the Bible? Hmm. I know what Zach's one is. I think I'm interested to hear what you think mine is, but I guess I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You're writing a whole concept album on him. I assume he's your fave. He is my favorite, but I don't know. So I was confused about this question because I didn't know if it was who you feel you're most like or who is your favorite. Well, see, it's two parter because it says Jessica put it as if you could be any person. Yeah. First she said, if you could be any prophet. And I said, well, that's interesting. Cause there's only like so Just many. Don't I- pick Jonah. There's only so many <laughs> He's the worst. And then, well, then it gets into the nitty gritty of what truly is a prophet versus okay, like sure. anything else. Sure. So I made it person. And then, <laughs> and if you can't, if you wouldn't want to be a person who could you most relate to. So it's kind of a two part question. Um, for me, I, so I might have two answers then, but go ahead for me. Obviously, again, I've already said I like James the book, but as far as like a person doing stuff, I like people that are like super relatable in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that people that are flawed make me like relate to them better. Yes. So, uh, I know this is going to sound weird, but like Elijah, he had flaws. People don't want to like read into that too much. But, like, Elijah, like, got scared and, like, ran mm. away. Oh, yeah. That's true. He did. That's a good point. He, he not only got scared. He got scared right after showing God's immense power through through that. That's right. The, yeah. through, through the burning of the, uh, of, uh, of the right. uh, sacrifice. Sometimes when the miracle is over, that's when, like, the down happens. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's one person I might pick. Yeah. Uh, I would say as far as, like, somebody I can relate to. Okay. Somebody like that is 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 high up there because of the flaws gotcha um and but if if i could pick somebody to be i don't know if i would want to be elijah because i wouldn't want to like step into those kind of shoes yeah so if i had to be someone i would say i want to be the centurion that says you're not ready to come in my house good one that's the kind of uh that's the kind of belief that i feel like uh, this is going to sound like a boasting thing i don't mean it to be but if there was one way i could really express my faith it would be to like in the presence of jesus be like I know you're Jesus and how like big and strong you are to me. Yeah. And and so I would, I could probably pull off the centurion. That's good. So, so, so you would also want to occupy someone else's land and be their enemy while living. Hold on. There are many. Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. He's trying to troll me. There are plenty of Jews that own land and stuff like that too. And had servants and stuff. He, he, no, no, no. It's not about him having servants. The fact that he was part of the Rome. He was a Roman occupying. Bob. Are you, are you, um, liberation theology, Bob, right now? Are you seeing the gospel through like power and oppressor and oppressed? All right, Bob. You going, you okay. going, you going Marxism on us? No, 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 hold on. Zach, let's be nice to Bob and let him answer so that I control him. After you, Bob. <laughs> no, no, for, for, for me, I guess the person that, that I, that I guess I feel like I relate the most to or, or kind of look up to, I guess, would be a better way of phrasing that, um, would be Samuel, the prophet Samuel. Ooh. Oh, so you think ghosts exist because of the Witch of Endor story. Okay, great. 
Yeah, yeah, all, I, I, I would, I would go that far. I'll say, say that I think ghosts exist. Well, every Christian that's listening right now, go and check out Ghost Hunters. Bob wants yeah. you to watch it. <laughs> so, Bob, <laughs> see what I did? If you're, if you're Samuel, are you trying to tell us we don't need a king? <laughs> no, no, no. I, oh man, no, 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 no politics. <laughs> no, what, what I love so much about Samuel was the fact that he was willing to go up to the leader and give a parable, right. a story. And basically, and and of a situation that is happening, and the king would, uh, King David responded to that, and he says, and he basically says, King, you're the one who's in the wrong. You're the one who who has done this terrible, horrible thing. That does sound like Bob, and is and is calling them out. And so I I respect that and and, and highly and look up to him for that fact, because that is not an easy thing to do. The king has the ability, the authority. I mean, my understanding, maybe I'm slightly wrong on how the power structure worked, but the king had the potential authority to have Samuel executed. Now, it wouldn't obviously wouldn't look good to be the man after God's own heart and have the prophet of God executed. But the point still stands, you know, you're still in the presence of someone who has potentially your life at, in his hands. And you are calling him out and saying that, you, that, that, that that same leader is completely wrong in front of his court. That's a big deal. So, yeah. So I guess if I'm analyzing my answer and Bob's answer, I would say I, I kind of like see my values and humility and stuff. And Bob uh, in the same positive way, but in a different way, you kind of value the um, kind of like the authority of truth over like the current situation or position. Zach. Absolutely. I guess I will go with Paul then because (laughs) I was debating on whether I should or not. It might be too. Is there any runner ups that you had? Um, I thought about David as a runner up. Mainly because David was very flawed, made a bunch of mistakes, but he was still a man after God's own heart and God still loved him. And the word David even means beloved. Um, So that I thought was a pretty good one. But um, I think as far as like the way I try to like live my life or or let my life go in terms of following God, I I do really look up to Paul um, mainly because he um, learned to not, put himself above preaching the gospel. It even says Acts 2024. 20, he says like, um, there's nothing more important to me basically than the gospel. Like I consider my life, nothing all yeah. it's all for the sake of, uh, preaching the gospel. So um, and he was, I mean, but I don't know if I would want to step into those shoes because of the way he was treated, you know, he was imprisoned and everything. Um, stoned at least stoned. three times. Yeah. He's a tough guy. But what at the end of the day, like he had convictions and he was going to just follow him. And there's even this story that I read recently in Acts 21 that I think is really cool where he was uh, going back to Jerusalem to I think he I can't remember what he was doing, but he was um, had to go back and seek the church elders at Jerusalem. But the Jews in Jerusalem were going to put him in prison and a bunch of people who were like prophets in the church, like people who actually heard and had visions from the Holy spirit had been given these visions that like Paul was going to be like put in prison. And like one of them even comes up to Paul and he says, um, he like takes his belt and he says like the man who has this belt in his hands is, uh, going to be bound and led, you know, off to prison. And he like puts the belt around Paul's hands and they're like pleading with him not to go, but he knows clearly that God told him to go. And so right. he says, I have to do this. this is what God's calling me to do. So they all sat down and prayed about it. 
And it says that they all decided to submit to God's will. And Paul goes off to Jerusalem where he does get imprisoned, eventually set free again. But um, I think to have that strength of conviction that even when people who are like listening to God too just have like a different interpretation, they, you can still say like, no, I know, I know, I know where God's leading this. Like he's kind of shown me his will for this. That is so neat because as you point out, I mean, they were listening to God and they were right. God God gave him the vision that he was going to be put in prison and they were right about that. And so they were listening to the spirit, but they were only hearing part of the story. They were only hearing the part where the bad stuff was going to happen and they interpreted it to mean he should he shouldn't go. But Paul's whole thing was, I don't care about my own life. I'm going to do the will of God. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty strong, pretty, uh, pretty serious dude there. All right. So it sounds yep. like humility, kind of like humanistic, like relatability thing with me. Bob, it sounds like you are holding people accountable to God's authority uh, and the truth of that. Zach, it almost seems like you are submitting to God's authority mm-hmm. in your life. So that's kind of like the relatability circle we have, there which is go. interesting. Oh yeah. All, all great aspects of the, mm-hmm. the people in the scripture. Um, so, okay. Uh, my mom had one and it was with all the bad things going on. This one will, will not be too hard to answer. Uh, but uh, I think it's cool that she asked this. Uh, she said with all the bad things going on what's happening in the world, is it, is it bad to feel happy? Like still, mm. should we feel guilty for feeling happiness? I think that she would in that, I think she could substitute out joy Christians are very touchy on happiness versus joy. Happiness being like the fleeting emotion and joy being like the lasting peace that comes from like being close to God. But my mom yeah. doesn't like mince words that way. I think that yeah. she could probably interchange joy out there. Sure. So, uh, knowing my mom, I would think that she probably means the same thing. So I will say that um, y- you even wrote this down, James, uh, you know, consider it joy. Which we just talked about, but yeah. consider it joy when you're facing trials. So. I think that I think that it's almost not irresponsible it is it is it is a cautionary tale to only dwell on the on the Mm -hmm. bad negative stuff that's happening yeah sure and to forget that god is in control of it right yeah there is always a fallback of joy which is that god is in control uh that's the first thing second thing that god even in the midst of something really terrible is working yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, if if you're worried, if somebody says to you, God's in control and it's like a really bad thing happening, you could just go like, oh, well, then God wants this. And it's like, well, maybe he does. But he's also working on where yeah. it's going to end up. Even when I don't see it, you're working. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's my yeah. answer, which, yeah. again. No, no. It, and, and I think you're I think you're spot on. I mean, I don't if, if we were to take everything that's going on in the world. All the negativity stuff, and you dwell on each and every single piece of it. Okay, it will it will drag you down to the point to where you can't do yeah. anything. And I think that's what some of the powers that be would want. I mean, they want despair, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about like people, but I'm talking about the powers of darkness, even you know. Absolutely. Paul, like the Bible says, we don't uh, we don't fight flesh yeah. and blood, but we fight a so, spiritual battle. So, 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 so I find it important in my life that to recognize that those things exist and take them on one at a time. Um, it's the idea that you can, that how do you eat an elephant, but one bite at a time. Now I'm, I'm not condoning poaching elephants or, Oh, 
But you, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, oh. one, it's one of those proverbs. One I of those modern proverbs. Yeah, Cecil the lion over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But the the idea there is that is that you take on the, what you can control, and then you. Uh, recognize the other things exist, but don't dwell on them. Don't let them yeah. consume you. I like the, I know this is like kind of off topic, but it really isn't. I like the uh, thing that they say at AA, which is, I'm be- I believe that it is called the serenity prayer. Let me, let me, let me make sure that that's correct. But God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. There you go. I actually really like that. Yeah, that's a lot. great. Um, yeah. And I know that's not not a proverb straight from the Bible, but I would say very but, biblical. Yes. And in it, the, what it is asking a um, great nugget of wisdom. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, so apparently it was a serenity prayer written by American theologian Reinhold Neighbor. Oh, in 1892 to 1971. You know yeah. him, Zach? You know him? Yeah, yeah. And Neighbor's prayer originally asked for courage first and significantly for changing things. Okay. That, so his original prayer was, Father, Neighbor. give us Father, give us courage to change what must be altered, mm-hmm. serenity to accept what cannot be helped, that's and the insight to know the one from the other. Wow. But either way, that's, that's kind of where I am with my mom's uh, question, which is, yeah. you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have serenity in the things you can't change. So I think, yeah, if it's mm-hmm. if if it's joy in the fact that you are trusting in the Lord and you're not worried about it, I think that that is from God. And I think shouldn't that feel if, guilty about. It. I think that if your despair is coming from you're just looking at the world and you feel hopeless, I think that's from the enemy. Yeah. And, and so I really do. Where I think where I think a lot of this comes into play is that is that while many people are suffering. There are also many people who aren't, and they feel guilty that they're not suffering. Oh, I see, like a survivor's guilt. In, in, in many respects, uh, yeah. And so yeah. In, in which case, in, in, in those situations, if that is what is applied here, and I don't know that it is, but if that is what is happening, then I would encourage them to then look for those in their community who they can help, who is suffering, and True. reach out to them. Yeah. So so, so like one of those... Uh, Be proactive. Yeah. And, uh, so like one of the things that I tend to focus on from a ministry perspective of the problems of the world that I want to take on, and that is hunger. Uh, one of my favorite ministries out there is Feed My Starving Children. And that is literally their goal is to is to eliminate uh, starvation in yeah. the world uh, and, so, and, and thus bring about change. Um, and so this past year, their main goal was about 350 million meals to be delivered in 2020. Now, I'm not sure how well they're going to get it now that social distancing really affected their production levels and things like that and and had to cancel a lot of the events that were going to take place to help raise it up. But in the past, yeah. they've, they've hit 325, yeah. 300 million, 250 million, so and been rising every single year. So my point is, is that this is a this is, is a single tangible way that I can get involved and really tackle a real issue. And that, yeah. that is the fact that 6,000 kids die every day of starvation. So it sounds like God's moving in that ministry and we can be absolutely joyous of God's work yeah, yeah. being done. I definitely think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that like survivor's guilt is, is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a, it's a counseling term, you know? And I, yeah, if you are really struggling with that, then I think it's, it might be a good idea to like talk to somebody about it. But I also really like your idea of um, serving somebody. I, I saw a post. I can't remember who the original poster was, but it was like it was something about the election. And one of the comments on there was from Jake Lee. And he said he just said something like, you know, it's not about 
who's leading nationally. It's about who you're serving locally. Boom. And in a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah, I can kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. It's so more important kind of what you do in your life. I agree. Yeah. Well, we're, what God, you know, what God does what God, through you, what God does through you. Remember that Paul found joy even in his trial, in his suffering. That's right. Yes. And so he, he was joyful in the suffering and in the triumphs all the, all the same. Okay. Yep. Let's get the last couple Shall of questions out of there. Yeah. So Stephen has like a kind of like a two question uh, wrap off. So uh, first one is how do we think marriage has, how do you think, uh, how do you think being married has changed yes. you for the better? especially in your walk with God. Sure. Oh, oh, is that what he's asking? How do you think marriage has changed you? Okay. Yeah, you're right for the better in your Christian walk. Me, humility, (laughs) (laughs) right? Humility, humility, and a bit of humility. I would say, Um, I I, I can feel that getting, getting over myself and like the way that I think it's done. Or, you know, what I think is important in whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like being married is a lot about uh, listening to the other and like serving them. Um, yeah, marriage teaches. I, I think, you know, I think Kara would say the same thing. You know, it's it's serving another person, like learning to live with them. I think that God gives you a um, more clarity on that. And it helps you understand love, not just in the romantic sense, but love like of another person as you, as you serve them. And I'll throw in my little Trinitarian nugget there. Um, if God is three persons that are like in like a perfect community, they're like in Mm -hmm. union with each other. I think that marriage is sort of like a picture of that in a way, because you have, um, you have two people that are in a union. Like it even says like the two become one, like mm-hmm. in, in your marriage ceremony. Um, so I think you kind of understand God better too, because you understand like making space and um, serving and like mutually loving another person right. that is in a union with you. It's just, it's different from most other yeah. things. It's There's nothing like it on earth. As far as that. So so here's my answer, short and sweet. Um, I always knew that I was like a dreamboat and was like a stud and really (laughs) handsome. But I I knew I was handsome and like a very desirable man. Um, But it wasn't until I met like a 11 out of 10 supermodel as hot as my wife that that was validated. That like (laughs) I am in this upper league and I was able to achieve marriage with someone as uh, gorgeous so, um, was I, did I have a self-esteem problem? I can't remember a time when I did cause I've been married to her for 11 years and, uh, no. So <laughs> the real answer is, um, uh, I would say that when you're fighting the good fight, of spiritual warfare with doubt in your life, um, when you have, uh, bottoming out periods of depression, when you have all of these things that are stumbling blocks from, uh, that separate you from the Lord, it's really nice to have like a partner. Mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. companion to help you along the way that is taking the same journey with you and strives with you and stumbles with you. And uh, to me, Jessica and I have just constantly strengthened each other's walk with Christ. And uh, you know, I have great friends. I have you guys. Uh, you've always been a, a big part of that, but it's just, it's much different when you have such a close intimate relationship with somebody. And that is like fused to your walk and it's not like a compartmentalized thing. 
Um, so it's like, you know, you can have friends you hang out with uh, that are non-Christians and that's just like your downtime and you have friends who are Christian or whatever. Um, and then you have like your pastor you would call if you have issues Mm -hmm. and then you have your wife who is like all of that. (laughs) So it's great. Oh yeah. Uh, so that, I would just say that, um, I've been generally strengthened. Uh, I would say that yes is my short answer on the, the, yes, I've been changed and strengthened in my marriage. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, it would definitely be the fact that, uh, that she has taught me how to be, um, uh, humble, um, quite a bit. Uh, I started out, uh, when we were dating, I was a very, um, arrogant individual. Most people would say that I still am in, in a lot of ways. Would but, you say you're the most arrogant person that you've ever met? <laughs> uh, no, no, definitely not the most arrogant. <laughs> I have found many people who are much more arrogant, I, but I've been able to control a little bit more. Oh, she, see, you're already learning. <laughs> so but uh above but, average arrogance so 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 there was, there was definitely a level of humility that she has helped employ implore within me as well as patience so she is one of the most patient individuals i've ever come across and uh um and has really helped me see that um and strengthen me in my walk with christ in those kind of ways and so push me in, in many of those ways and so recognize that although i may focus heavily on truth how that truth is delivered is just as important as what is being said, because if I even if I speak truth, mm-hmm. um, as Paul says, you know, and, and uh, if I speak with the tongues of angels, but I have not love, then yeah. I'm nothing more than a clanging gong, a clashing right. cymbal. I'm just I'm just noise. It's it's worthless uh, thing to give them. Mm-hmm. So and so she's really helped me um, uh, recognize that and embrace that and focus on how I communicate and trying to be more patient and more loving in the ways in which I do things. Awesome. Those are good answers. I want to ask Steven this question back sometime, so maybe we'll have him back. Okay. All right, yep. real real quick. Top 3 movies. No explanation why? Yeah. Just just list them. Yeah. Okay. This is this one's hard for me. Okay. You ready? SLC Punk. I knew you were going to say that. Rose Red. I got to have a musical in there. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> um, mine would be Forrest Gump, The Empire Strikes Back, because you just got to pick one out of a series, and oh, Back to the Future, the first one. Bob, you have to rattle them off. You, <sighs> you can't debate this. So, um, go with your gut. God's not dead. <laughs> no, God's not dead no. too. <laughs> um, Robin Hood, Bed and Tights. Okay, Ooh. great. Um, and I would go with um, Le- lean into them. Star Trek First Contact, and probably Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Ooh. Not Star Trek Generations with Kirk? No. Is that your least favorite? I wouldn't say Generations is my least favorite. Nemesis. All right. (laughs) Nemesis is... is, No, Insurrection. That one's terrible. Uh, Insurrection isn't nearly as bad as people keep giving it credit for. I don't think it was... Well, Data walks under the water, and the kid goes, oh, no. And it's like, it's okay. He's an android. He can walk under the water. (laughs) Thanks for telling me. That's a plot point right there. Man, and that is such a bull because I dropped my android in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) I will just say this, Bob. I will say this. I'm I'm a a, a slastic comedy and sci-fi nerd. So that tends to be where where I live. I would say of all of the Star Trek movies of the next generation period and beyond, I would say that the first contact one does have quite a bit of levity 
it is yeah. compared to some of the others. And it, that's probably why he still likes Insurrection, I think, is because of the it has a little bit of more comedy in it. It's a bit silly. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Luke, blow up the darn ship. No. No. <laughs> this breaks the wall. <laughs> and also probably is my favorite line of all in it. He goes, oh, you just want to abandon the ship, you coward. And then Worf goes, if you were any other man, I'd kill you where you stand. <laughs> Uh, Bob, not uh, not the journey home. Star Trek Four. Uh, <laughs> that, one's, no, that one's actually pretty funny. No, 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 <laughs> no. That, that one's that one's really good. That, yeah. Um, that's the one where they go back in time and to have the eighties and get the whales. Now, now yeah. the, the, the the plot, the over, the over, over the overarching plot is completely ridiculous. It is and, and wait, terrible. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying? But but having having <laughs> having Sulu. And that Russian accent stand in the middle of San Francisco in the 1980s right. asking where the nuclear vessels are. Where are the are. nuclear vessels? Yes, where the nuclear vessels are. So because because I, I need some sort of power source, it, it, um, it, it was it's absolutely hilarious. My favorite part of that <laughs> yes. whole movie is it, when they go to like the weird like construction site slash factory slash like warehouse. And he's like transparent aluminum. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's um, Scotty going. Hello? What if I could make you a certain material that was five times lighter and ten times more durable or whatever. And the guy's like, show me. And then he grabs the mouse and goes, computer. <laughs> Hello, computer. Hello, computer. And then he and then he just starts doing that thing that's magic in every movie, which is all you got to do is type a bunch on the computer, yeah. Yeah. No, no moving the mouse or interfacing at all. And suddenly the screen that he is typing from begins to have these like colorful shapes. With the screen. <laughs> He's like hacking it. There's like shapes going like from, from like 1979 until like maybe the late 90s. No movie director ever knew how to use a computer. <laughs> they were like, wait a minute, computers, you can like, you could, you could change someone's brain with a computer remotely, couldn't you? No. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Okay. Oh, oh, what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm changing his brain patterns. It's like shapes on the screen, and the person's like, I am now a computer. The script, the script says, uses computer. <laughs> but no, I just like that with the Scotty thing. Uh, unless it was a CAD program where you can make shapes, yeah. Uh, which, well, which, which is what they were actually trying to emulate was a CAD-like program. Mm. But Scotty had no idea how to use a 1980s version and, of CAD. I don't know. He's pretty smart. And to... And so to smart types. or not, you got to know, actually have some sort of Hold knowledge on. of the interface. Are you Hold saying, on. Bob, that you couldn't like go back in time and use like, you know, a, a, uh, a loom to make like fabric material? Yeah, you I, wouldn't know how to do that. You're absolutely like, right. I wouldn't know. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't know how to just like churn butter. Yes. Just, just walk up to it and just immediately start using it. <laughs> I will say this. If it was yeah. like back to the future part three, where he goes into the wild West <laughs> and it just happened to be like a shoot 'em up game. So I might do all right. But. Okay. Now, 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 Colin, I got to say that, that your talk there with the computers brought into my mind an honorable mention that has to be mentioned. That is Jurassic Park. The, the, the very oh, first movie. Yes. You can't say the magic words. Yes. And what most people don't understand is Jurassic Park is not about playing God. It's not about bringing things back that aren't supposed to be here. It's not about how life ha finds a way. It's about taking an entire security system and entrusting it to one single IT guy, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> the guy and that the looks worst, like Newman from Seinfeld. Yes, and the, also the, the, the worst thing you could, any company can ever do is give one person the entire keys, the entire <laughs> kingdom. And also he go, and also without really like checking on him, 
He just kind of goes, oh, I just got, you know, I've got to have the, the safeguards uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to go out to the car right now and I'm going to check if it's just a small thing. It's just a small thing. <laughs> <laughs> he just like walks out and everybody's oh. like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 one guy, yes, yes, it's completely ridiculous. All I right. mean, this yes. is, okay, good. this is Unix. I know this. <laughs> yes. Okay. So last question before we, we wrap up here, uh, from Billy. Our, our good friend Billy again, it says, does the Holy Spirit only bring to mind things in God's word or could he bring to mind things you learned from other Christians? Hmm. Not exactly sure yeah. no, where I, to start with that one. I, I, I find this to be an interesting question. And Billy, good job for, for thinking something so deep. I love this question, honestly. Because Might not have enough time to fully jump into it. but Sure, sure. But the idea here is the fact that I think it's pretty straightforward that God often does use those around us to help lead yeah. us and guide us in his word, in, in his will, in his will. And that's not always about um, the, the the words on the paper, but how they're being applied in your brothers and sisters around you. Remember when we, I think this was way back when we talked to Jake, but we talked about Paul going out and uh, studying the scriptures and coming back like two years later and oh, then yeah, going yeah. to the other disciples and saying like, eh, what do you think? Well, there was that time where like Paul like went off and he like studied or whatever, but then Jake made the point that like they still had to come together as a community and like wrestle with it and decide like how the Holy Spirit was leading them. I think that the Holy Spirit often uses other people. Not it's not to say that everybody who tells you anything, it's the Holy Spirit like talking through them. Sure, but, sure. That that's where you've got to be in touch with the Holy Spirit as well, so you can identify yes, yeah. the the wolves in sheep clothing, the the, yeah. the, the, the false prophets among you. But I believe the, yeah, the Holy Spirit can definitely like turn your attention to something someone said or, or even like recall it later. Um, just in the same way that the Holy Spirit, you know, um, draws you to scripture and, you know, mm -hmm. allows you to hear certain parts of scripture and, and gives you like the discernment to figure out what it's trying to teach you. I think that, I think that the Holy Spirit can help you interpret a whole lot of things. So there's, I mean, there's a, a lyric, a quote from a movie. Um, and the quote is, "'Tis your delight, sir, catching fire from one man to the next." And that is from Johnny Depp in the movie Sweeney Todd, right before oh. he tries to uh, ritually kill uh, the judge for ruining his life. Now, uh, how does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, it is the uh, context is terrible, but the words <laughs> do yes. paint a picture of the Holy Spirit in some way. And that is sometimes when the Holy Spirit within you is dwelling and it is on fire for the Lord, sometimes that can catch fire yeah. to someone else. I believe, which is oh, why yes. community is important because um, when uh, there's a unity of the Holy Spirit within a worship service uh, that can often um, invoke the Holy Spirit in a like a big communal way. It's the signal, sire. Gondor calls for aid. <laughs> and Gondor will. Wait, what does he say? Like, and somebody will answer the call. Dang, I can't and remember. Rohan will answer. And the call. Rohan will answer the call. Theoden. <laughs> My favorite thing in all of Lord of the Rings is the random references Gandalf gives, like <laughs> when he's fighting the Balrog. Or other times too, in The Hobbit and in the Lord of the Rings books, he like makes a lot of references you just don't know. But that is probably my favorite you one. Gotta go he... deep. You gotta read the Silmarillion. The dark fire shall not avail you. Flame of Voodoo. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, final summation on the questions. Solid questions. Good stuff. Um, yeah, thanks everybody I, I, I for... I especially uh, like the first one. Thanks, everyone. I do too, Bob. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> so real quick, real quick before we finish out, um, we have some plans for the future. Um, there are some great pieces of news that we won't divulge just yet. Bob and Bethany have some awesome stuff going on. Zach and Kara have some awesome stuff going on. Uh, that will maybe change some things for the podcast in the future, but those are not things we need to worry about just yet. But we are going to make every conceivable effort to push this podcast to as long as it can go for. Yeah, I mean, we're going to keep it going, uh, even in some form or fashion. But even if our plans end up changing in 2021, and who knows what God is going to do who knows. with us in 2021. Um, if God to, says, I like this podcast and you're not stopping it, then I, we'll hear him. I imagine, I could totally imagine that happening. Um, I think that we will we'll push through and do it even. And if we make any changes to like release schedule or anything like that, we'll let you all know. The other Absolutely. Thing, the other but thing, the big thing yeah. coming up very soon. Yes. This is what episode ninety eight. So we so? just, as we're recording this, on we the just same day, we posted ninety six. We just posted ninety six. Mm-hmm. This should be ninety eight. So yeah. we only have two podcasts left to go. Yeah. So not next Monday, but the Monday after might yes, be when. As far as this time, this that would maybe be when this episode is coming out. That's right. But we will have a live stream, and we're going to announce that on our Facebook page. Y'all will have probably seen it already. But uh, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So check out that. Keep listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Yep. Um, check us out on Patreon. we got a lot of neat stuff coming out there. Take a break from your stress. Come and uh, listen to a few episodes. See what you think. Uh, see what it does to your Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, just remember that, uh, yeah. Uh, whenever you want to take a break, uh, you want to leave us a comment, uh, you want to give us a like, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. We'll catch you next time. Peace.